Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Let me just say, after Vera distorting the belt... They're proclaiming the real world champion. I'm going to tell you all with a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Captain Lou Extravaganza. We are live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. We invite you, as always, to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is the Captain Lou Sports Network, where we have all of our shows archived or live, including this one and uh, the ACHA Power Play, which we do weekly now with the Road to Boston and the ACHA National Tournament coming up less than three months away. So again, we we ask you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, invite you to, I guess. And also, we are part of the Belly Up Sports Network, powered up by them each and every week. We want to thank Mike and Blaine and the gangs as uh, welcoming us here on their network as well. we got a great show planned for you tonight. Papa Ron, Ron Eastman, is going to join us here shortly from the Buff Rumblings and the Mafia Cast podcast. We're going to get what it's like up in Buffalo we're going to get to know that real quickly here as they had a huge victory this past weekend over the Dallas Cowboys. And at the bottom of the hour, Joe Chap is going to join us from the Detroit Lions News podcast, our Detroit Lions. The magic number is one, a huge victory for the Lions as well, 42-17 to 17 over the Denver Broncos. A great way to get going here as we are getting ever so close to the NFL playoffs. But without any further ado, let's welcome in our first guest tonight from the Buff Rumblings podcast, the Mafia Cast podcast, you name it, uh, Papa Ron himself, Ron Eastman joining us. Ron, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. This is great. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, well, I got to ask you, first and foremost, uh, what is it like to be a Buffalo Bills fan the yo-yo season going on right now, the up and down year. Now it looks like you may have righted the ship, so to speak. Great couple of wins the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it has been an up and down season for sure. Uh, it's kind of the, the life of a Bills fan. <laughs> um, you know, we've got the Super Bowl highs, and then we lose them, and then you've got the Music City Miracle. You got that game in the bag, and then you lose it. 17-year playoff drought. It's just, yeah, it's a roller coaster ride being a Bills fan, but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, I'll tell you what. 
Well, you know, you guys have had a uh, you've had a banner uh, a good run over the years, you know. And uh, this year, though, it uh, started off kind of rocky. Uh, you know, how's uh, how's it going there with the with the dynamics with uh, Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen? It looks like they may be coexisting okay for now. Yeah, I think they're fine. The media, honestly, is just kind of blown all that out of proportion. Uh, I don't. There's not an issue there, as far as I'm concerned. Nothing that I, I personally am worried about. I know the guys from our show at the Mafia Cast. They're not concerned about it. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of one of the. Like you go back to the Kansas City game and the whole mm-hmm. tirade that Patrick Mahomes threw on the sideline. Yeah. Everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, we better look into this." You know, Patrick Mahomes is angry. I guarantee you, if Stephon Diggs had done that. Media would have been all over that. The headlines would have been Stefan Diggs is mad at, at uh, Josh Allen. He wants out of Buffalo. Trayvon saying, hey, come on over to Dallas, which thank goodness that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all they need. Well, I don't know if he'd want to go over to Dallas. I, that was one heck of a game. And I love how Jerry Jones, yeah. I, I, I love how he blamed the weather conditions. Now, these guys have played in bad weather before. I, I hate that when they try to pass the buck. That was, I think, the most complete game Buffalo has had all year. Without question. Um, I would. The only other game I would probably put up there with it, there was a three-game stretch early in the season against the uh, with the Dolphins, uh, Raiders, and Washington, especially that Dolphins game because the Dolphins just scored 70 points and then Buffalo came in and just completely shut them down. So, there's a couple of games there that I would compare to this one too, as far as being a, being a complete team. But you're right, as far as within the game itself, um, James Cook was phenomenal. The offensive line for the Bills was phenomenal. This might be, in my opinion, the best Bills offensive line that we've had since the McDermott era, um, and it's not really even close. There, I'm sure people, you know, all over Twitter and, and social media have seen the video of Deion Dawkins just running the Dallas player all the <laughs> way down the field and then pancaking him. Yeah, um, I, I don't remember the guy, the, the player's name, but you know, that's, uh, that's awesome to see that. No, it, it's funny, isn't it? Papa Ron, that uh, when you get a good offensive line, it all starts there it, it, yes. w- with success. Look at the lions. Uh, you know, their offensive line has been built the last couple of two to three years. And, blowing holes for like for Gibbs and for Montgomery. And now you've got James Cook. Uh, I don't know if it's a, it's more of a coming out party, maybe for guys like me who don't watch the Buffalo Bills every week. We keep an eye on them because they're one of the best teams in the league the last five yeah. years. But from your standpoint, was this a coming out party for James Cook or is it something that you've been used to seeing all year? On the national level, absolutely. It's coming out uh, game for him. But the fan base has been calling for more James Cook since day one, just about. Mm-hmm. Even going back to his rookie year when we had Devin Singletary, Singletary's a good back, but he just doesn't have the explosiveness that uh, that Cook possesses. And we were calling for more James Cook last year. And this year, beginning of the year, same thing. We're like, why aren't we getting this guy more involved, particularly in the passing game? The very, very first game when Joe Brady took over as the offensive coordinator for Buffalo, instantly you saw – both Ty or not Taiwan, sorry, um, uh, Ty, Ty Johnson, the the backup running back, Murray and Cook, all three of those guys were involved in the passing game uh, right away. And it, one of my favorite things I think from this particular game with the Cowboys is, and the press conferences afterwards, 
they asked Joe Brady about the game plan. And he straight up said that was not the game plan, but it was working so well. Why stop? So yeah. they just kept feeding Cook the ball over and over and over. The offensive line was opening holes. Um, I, I believe the stat was there was he had 25 carries. Only once was Cook contacted at or behind the line wow. of scrimmage. The other 24, he was already passed. He averaged 4.2 yards before anybody touched him. Fantastic performance by the offensive line. And against a great defensive front for the Cowboys, too. And, you know, it's funny is that's what mystified me the most. I'm not taking anything away from that performance. I love a game plan like that. It reminded me of Michigan and Penn State about a month ago when, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Michigan didn't throw a pass. Well, they did throw one pass, but it was called for interference. They didn't throw a pass the whole second half. And the domination of that defensive line by the Bills, I, I don't get it what the mindset is with Dallas. You know, they look great at home. They get on the road. I don't care what weather conditions or even in a dome. They're so psyched out. And I love how the Bills took advantage of that. And they, they didn't let up from the from the opening snap. Yeah, which is good to see because, again, that's kind of been a, a critique of the uh, Sean McDermott era, really, is once he gets up and gets a lead, they just kind of go into a turtle shell and, and take the foot off the gas and – you can't do that in the NFL uh, no. against anybody. You know, uh, you've got to keep that the, the pedal to the metal and um, and and don't stop. Sure, you can transition maybe a little bit more to your run game, but you still have to attack. You can't just run up the middle and slam into your into your offensive lineman's backsides and hope for anything successful. Uh, we saw that with the uh, the Patriots game a couple weeks ago. Yeah. The Patriots got the lead, and yes, they ultimately won that game, but it was so boring to watch that they just kept handing it off, and he just runs into the offensive line, and they would punt it and then rely on the defense. And it doesn't always work. And, you know, um, but to, you know, to the Bills' credit and, and McDermott and Joe Brady, they didn't do that. The running game was, was rocking, and they didn't stop. They just kept running and running and running. And, uh, I mean, just demoralized that defense. Well, I know it's only one game uh, with the performance of James Cook, but I'm going to ask you a question. Whose team is it now? Is it still Josh Allen's team? I know Stefan Diggs wanted it to be his team. Uh, or is it one that you would like to see maybe James Cook be the centerpiece in your eyes, Papa Ron? What uh, whose team is it? It's still Josh Allen's team. Okay. But I think he has weapons that they can build around now. In the past, it was almost exclusively Stefan Diggs. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, Devin Singletary was a good back, but we just didn't have the offensive line really to, to open up those holes for him. Uh, and he doesn't have the speed like McCook does to bounce it outside. So that was a problem. But now you've got Cook in the passing game. You've got Kincaid in the passing game. You've got Diggs in the passing game. Even close Shakir has come on as of late and is starting to become a factor in that. In fact, I saw a stat. This is before last game, but in the – Five games prior to that, he was fifth on the team in targets, first in receiving yards and receptions. Like he has really come on. Uh, and I just think that this team, this offense, finally has a group of players that they can build this offense around as a whole, rather than just, here's the ball, Josh Allen, go be Superman and do your thing. Because uh, we all know he's number one in turnover since 2018. So that's part of his game. And, and you know, we've had to kind of live and die by that. But this last game, I think the Bills showed the whole nation we can win with Josh Allen completing seven passes. I mean, they dominated that way. <laughs> exactly. It's it, it's still – it's wild, isn't it? What did he throw for 94 yards and you won? Yeah. He gave up a garbage-time touchdown um, or it would have been a just a, a thorough domination. I, 
I think it's before you and I were born, before you see a quarterback throw for 94 yards and win that convention, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah, which is a long time ago. <laughs> well, for me especially. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you'd have told me after the game and if I hadn't watched it, whatever, and you told me that I only completed 7 to 15 passes and then we won by 21, I'd have laughed in your face. Like, there's no way. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, But it's fantastic. So, all right, let's look ahead a little bit now. You've got a Chargers team, I believe, coming up this weekend. Yeah. Normally, I would be concerned, uh, you know, when you're playing a coach or a team that's got a brand-new coach, uh, the way they got humiliated by the Raiders uh, a week ago or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, they've got their – you know, the Herbert's not playing. He's out. Uh, what is uh, – I don't want to say if you're – what is your – worry level going maybe a letdown after two big games going on the road to play a team that really now in my opinion has nothing to play for nothing to lose I should say right yeah nothing to lose and a lot of times you can see kind of a, a spike in energy levels when you have bring in a new coach mm -hmm. personally I'm I was surprised that Brandon Staley lasted as long as he did yeah that the, there was even going back to last year there was games where his decisions literally cost him games Mm -hmm. uh, I remember against the Chiefs last season, uh, he would go for it repeatedly fourth and whatever, fourth and goal inside the five and not get in. Yeah. Just, you know, when you're that close, unless you have to have the touchdown, in my opinion, maybe I'm a little bit more old school, but get the <laughs> points. Take yeah. the point, especially in a close game. But he didn't. He lasted another, what, 15 weeks into this season. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'd like to say that to have zero concern for this week. But then I remember the Buffalo loss to the Broncos, Buffalo loss to the Patriots of all teams. Yeah. They've lost to the Jets. So it's a little worrisome if you, you know, take consideration and, you know, take the passing into consideration. But the way this team is rolling right now, um, and you look at past seasons in 2020, Buffalo closed out the regular season with six straight wins. 2021, they closed out with, I believe, um, four straight. Last year, seven mm -hmm. straight. <laughs> it's just kind of how they roll now. It seems like they, 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 you know, catch fire early in the season. They have this lull where they struggle and then they catch fire again. So we'll see. Um, I, I'm pretty confident they're going to get a win. I just, yeah, without Herbert, um, I don't know if Allen's playing or not Keenan Allen, Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, the, the chargers are not the same. So, all right, let me ask you this. Uh, what are your realistic expectations then? towards the end of the year, do you think you can make it to 10 and seven? I think if Buffalo gets to 10 and seven, that wouldn't, you could be playing for a divisional championship on uh, week 18 against Miami. Um, I also think if you get to 10 wins, you're in the playoffs. What are Papa Ron, what are your reasonable expectations for the finish of this year? Well, I think 10 and seven is going to be difficult because Buffalo is four and five in the conference. Mm -hmm. And their last three games are all conference games. So if they lose any of those, it's going to make it really, really hard to, you know, as far as the tiebreakers go. But uh, I don't see us losing the Chargers. I don't see yeah. them losing the Patriots again. So on that, they go into that week 18 with a 10 and 6 record. Uh, the Dolphins, they just need to drop one of the next two, which I believe is Cowboys this week and Ravens next weekend. Yeah. Um, and if I had to bet, I'd say they lose one or both. Yeah. Even if they lose both, though, Buffalo has to keep winning, get into that week 18, and that's going to be for the division. If they can get to, if they can win out, um, 
beating the Chargers, Patriots, and Dolphins. They're without question in the playoffs. Ten and seven, I think it gets tricky. Nine and eight, not a chance. I, I don't see any nine and eight teams making it this year. I don't see that in the AFC either. Now the NFC, no. that's a different story. I think there's a boatload of teams. Yeah. I think eight and nine is still a possibility. You know, yes. some of the uh, NFC teams. But I want to get back to Miami. Um, okay. I got to tell you, they haven't beaten anybody. You know, in yeah, two years. It, you know, and uh, I know Tua gets to love, and I get it, I guess. But I mean, this <laughs> is, I call this the, you know, the underachieving bowl. It's so ironic. Both these teams, Dallas and Buffalo, are 10 and four, but they haven't beaten anybody on the road. In Miami. Or, okay. Miami and Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. Miami and Dallas. <laughs> sorry about that. Dallas, uh, yeah, they beat Philly at home, but. On the road, they're a totally different team. I, I don't I, – yeah, I, I think – but I think Dallas may go in there and finally win one. But the, it's a crazy setup for that game. Yeah, it's going to be which narrative is finally going to be broken, right? You've yeah. got one team that can't win on the one on the road. You've got another team that can't beat anybody <laughs> worth their salt. But um, I'm a big Cowboys fan this weekend. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, yeah. Let's go, Dak. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, it's going to be interesting, really interesting. You know, Fortunately, as far as I know, the weather's going to be nice, so they can't blame that this time around. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, big Cowboys fan this weekend. Papa Ron, I'm right there with you. I want the Cowboys to win so they come in overconfident when they when Detroit goes calling on them uh, New Year's Eve weekend because that's uh, that's going to be a tall task for my Lions with uh, Jerry or Jimmy Johnson going into the Ring of, ring of Honor. You know, oh, hopefully Detroit will have the, the division wrapped up by then. But uh, I want to stick in your division and talk about the clown show that is the uh, New York Jets. <laughs> now, today it was announced that Aaron Rodgers is coming off the DL, if you will, but he's not going to play. So, I mean, I, oh, as a Bills fan, you got to be loving it. Because yeah. they just can't get out of their own way. But it gets tiresome real quick. A typical New York Jets clown show. <laughs> yeah, year after year, right? Um, yeah. I, you know, I made the comment the other day. I was talking with one of my buddies, and we were talking about the whole this whole thing with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. And um, I, I don't honestly know that the Jets would have been much better with Rodgers. Would they have won maybe a game or two? Yeah. yeah. But that offensive line and, and with the Jets is is putrid. Oh, bad. He he. At least with Alex, um, sorry, not Alex, Zach Wilson, he has some mobility. And I even saw, like, in that week one against the the, the Jets, mm-hmm. he had three – he dropped back three times, did Aaron Rodgers, and he was pressured all three times. Yeah. And Zach Wilson was able to get away from that. So, I, to me, I feel like if Aaron Rodgers had played that game, Buffalo's pass rush would have gotten to him because at four years old, he's not the same – you know, scrambling quarterback that he once was that can escape that pressure. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know that he would have survived the season anyways had he not gotten injured in week one because they're they're so bad. But um, I have to ask this question. At what point do we start blaming Robert Sala? Like, uh, okay, I get it. You lost your starting quarterback, but the rest of the team is super talented on paper, yeah. but they're, they're not good. No, so, no, they're not. And I'm right there with you. I've asked that numerous times. And, 
you know, he came in with all the fanfare a few years ago and, mm-hmm. you know, he's made all the decisions. They were able to get Aaron Rodgers, and I blame him for signing off on getting Alan Lazard and uh, yeah. whoever else from Green Bay, uh, the other one, um, the other wide receiver name escapes me right now. Cobb, I think Randall Cobb. Right, Randall Cobb or Reggie Cobb. Yeah. Reggie. Uh, yeah, Randall like Cobb was the boxer, I think. <laughs> Yeah. But uh yeah, I agree. Um it Sala might be on his way out. I don't know. Maybe he can use this as a scapegoat to keep his job, but I'm not sure. I'm sure. Speaking of that, I have to ask you this because again, from a national perspective, we hear this and maybe it's overblown, but does Sean McDermott have to make the playoffs to keep his job in Buffalo? No. Okay. <laughs> Short answer, no. All right. The, this Give me a reason seat, why. It's, well, first of all, though, this whole hot seat, uh, I guess, idea is completely from the fan base. There okay. are some fans out there who have already been spoiled, I, I guess. I, I don't know if they're like a, a bandwagon group of fans that just kind of jumped on when the team started getting good uh, or whatever. But for me, I grew so I became a fan of the Bills in 1988. Okay. And ironically enough, the first game I ever watched on TV, start to finish, was Bills versus Jets. <laughs> it was Jim Kelly's first Monday night game of his career. Buffalo blew him out. I think it was 37 to 14. I've been a Bills fan ever since then. So I went through the four Super Bowl losses. I went through, like I said, yeah. the Music City Miracle, the 17 year playoff drought. And if we go back to the Music City Miracle, that did, we all know how that ended. Uh, Wade Phillips lasted one more season after that. And then fans wanted him gone and he got fired. After that, it was a rotating door of coaches and quarterbacks year after year after year after year. You bring in a new coach, these players right now, they play for Sean McDermott. You fire him, I guarantee you, you lose some of the players. And what happens when Josh Allen's contract comes up for renewal and you just fired his coach, that he's the only coach that he's known, is he as likely to stick around? Is he going to be like, you know what, Uh, I'm going to go over here where my coach went, or – like a Matt Milano who consistently signs team-friendly deals because he wants to play for McDermott. He wants to stay in Buffalo. If you fire the staff, what happens with him? Mm-hmm. What happens with future free agents, the Von Millers of the world, the, the Leonard Floyds? Do they want to play for Buffalo? They play for Buffalo because of the culture, the winning culture that McDermott has built. And I think the ownership sees that as well. He's not going anywhere. Now, we can have this conversation next year towards the end of the next season. If if this is an issue again, then I think you might start to say, okay, maybe we need to look elsewhere, but I keep telling fans, the grass is not always greener. Trust me. I've seen what happens when you try to move on. Um, And I like to compare to, sorry, one more thing. The Cincinnati Reds. Anybody that follows baseball, the Reds for a while under Dusty Baker were a consistent playoff team. It just couldn't quite get over the hump. And because of that, ownership and fans wanted to move on. So they did move on. Reds haven't been in the playoffs since then. They've been just straight garbage since then. They just cannot figure it out now. And they can't keep players. You know, Nick Castellano was a really good player. He bounced. I just fear that that's what's going to happen if this team moves on from McDermott, that the players are going to be like, oh, I'm out then. You just fired my coach. That's my guy. I'm going to go find a a new team to play for. Well, you can – Tell the fans there, too, just look at the Detroit Lions before we had Dan Campbell. We had Jim Caldwell. He got fired, and then, you know, we had Matt Patricia. You're right. The the grass <laughs> is not always greener. Believe me, yeah. as a long-suffering Lions fan, we're finally 
have, yeah. we're this close to winning a division that hasn't happened in 30 years. I mean, I, I would take going to the four Super Bowls and losing four straight. I'd love to go to four playoff, four consecutive <laughs> years of the playoffs. That hasn't happened in quite a few years for us. So, yeah, I think uh, – I think it is a little overblown, you know, but you hear the rumblings, you know, yeah. so yeah. So real quick, uh, I like to do my Captain Lou top five every week. Uh, this is what I've got right here. San Francisco one, Baltimore two, Philly three, Detroit four, Kansas City five with Buffalo right there. Honorable mention. Give me your top five. <laughs> uh, putting me on the spot there, Lou. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so why not? <laughs> it's Christmas. I'll agree with the first two. Okay. I'll agree with the first two. Um, Philadelphia has not looked all that great as of late, right? Uh, mm-hmm. They almost lost to, to, to the Bills, and in my opinion, should have had that A.J. Yeah. AJ Brown catch and fumble in overtime and ruled correctly, <laughs> which it wasn't. So uh, I, I do like Detroit a lot. There's some games here and there that they, for whatever reason, kind of don't show up against teams that they maybe should. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't have a problem with them in the top five. Kansas City, I can't put them in the top five. Um, All right. So I, I would put Buffalo in there. I think Kansas okay. City just – they have too many problems on the offensive side of the ball. Outside of Mahomes and Kelsey, they don't really have much. Uh, Pacheco's a good running back, but I don't feel like they really lean on him. It's kind of the same situation with with Buffalo. They've got a great running back. They just weren't leaning on him. Now they're starting to get him more involved. I think if the Chiefs kind of adopted a little bit of that and kind of build their offense around Kelsey and Pacheco, I think they might have something. Um, but top five, oh, man. Yeah. All right. That's really hard. I, I, I would have said Dallas before last week. but <laughs> yeah. uh, Dallas to me, yeah, they, they're like Miami. We talked about it earlier. They got to prove themselves. Before yeah. I let you go, uh, Papa Ron, tell us what you got going on with your podcast. So, yeah, the, the Mafia cast, we're part of the Buffalo Rumblings uh, Media Network, or podcast network. We have both uh, the video side. Also, you can hear the, the, the audio through podcasts on, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever uh, you listen to them. And uh, we are Thursday nights, 7 Eastern time. Uh, I also uh, do some writing for um, uh, Buffalo Lowdown. So you can see some of my writing there. We even have a Facebook page, the Mafia Cast, where I post those those articles too. And then we just random conversations, random thoughts, and you know updates whenever we can, and, and things like that. So uh, come check us out, my boys, Mike and Casey. They're awesome. We have a great time. Sounds like it. I like their comments here uh, throughout the show. Papa Ron, hey, thanks for coming on tonight on short notice. This has been a lot of fun. Hope to get you on again maybe when uh, both the lions and the buffalo bills make it into the playoffs we can do a little playoff preview so uh enjoy your christmas and enjoy the game this weekend all right and again thanks for coming on the show thank you i appreciate you having me it's been fun all right papa ron eastman uh you can catch him on buff rumblings and also the uh, mafia cast podcast uh was uh you know very informative the bills are i'll tell you what Here's my thing. The Bills and the Dolphins are going to go into week 17 or week 18. I think they're both going to be 10 and 6. And uh, it's going to make for uh, – that's probably going to be the game that's flexed to Sunday night. I thought for a minute maybe Minnesota and Detroit, if Detroit loses the next two. But I think if Detroit does win Sunday, 
I think that uh, they won't have, you know, they'll be locked into the division. So they will have something a little more of, uh, uh, I don't know, more at stake. And I think that's a Buffalo and uh, Miami matchup, but we'll have to wait and see on that. That's uh, three weeks down the road, but I'll tell you the bills, I think have righted the ship a little bit and uh, they sure looked impressive against a, a Dallas team against a, Fraudulent Dallas team, but I will not take anything away from Buffalo in that one. That was domination from start to finish. No doubt about it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get ready for the second half of our show here tonight on the Extravaganza. Joe Chap from Detroit, the Detroit Lions News Podcast is going to stop by and join us. So make sure that you stick around for that. You are watching the Captain Lou Extravaganza. We are live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on uh, YouTube. Powered up by Belly Up Sports. We'll be right back. It's the biggest game of the year, and your team doesn't have a coach. They don't even have a game plan. You probably aren't feeling very good about their chances. Make sure you're prepared for one of the biggest financial decisions of your life, retirement. Do you have a coach? What about a plan? Set yourself up for success by calling 877-222-8849 and having Mindy and Nolan McIntosh and their team at McIntosh & Associates create your retirement playbook. They'll help you think through taxes, income, legacy planning, and much more. When you're done, you'll have a customized retirement game plan that you can feel confident in. Start planning today with Central Michigan's retirement coaches, Mindy and Nolan McIntosh at McIntosh & Associates. Call 877-222-8849. That's 877-222-8849. Investment advisory products and services made available through AE Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Captain Lou Extravaganza Live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube, powered up, as always, by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Network of Podcasts. Make sure you check out our website, bellyupsports.com as uh, we've got our complete list of the podcast schedule that we have. All great podcasters from the 1420 Sports Bar podcast, the Corner Bar, the Corner Booth podcast, you name it. Uh, it, The list is bigger and better than ever each year. And uh, we are humbled and blessed to be a part of the Belly Up Network uh, podcast. Also check out our website, bellyupsports.com, for all of our great articles. We cover everything from football to hockey, pro wrestling, you name it. We've got it uh, covered golf uh, with the pro golf season starting back up soon. College basketball in full swing. The bowl season coming around the corner. Well, it started actually with some of the Duke Mayo, Frisco, Guacamole Bowls that are going on right now. But the the big boys will be playing in uh, less than a week or about a week or so. So we'll have the latest on all of that. Uh, so, And as it says on the bottom of the screen, follow us on X at the Real Captain Lou. Or uh, drop us a line at uh, SweetLou1965 at Yahoo.com and follow us on uh, Facebook at the Captain Lou Extravaganza as well. So I want to thank again uh, Papa Ron Eastman from the Buff Rumblings podcast, the Mafia Cast podcast as well, for stopping by and joining us here on the show, talking a little AFC football and the Buffalo Bills. But now let's. Uh, Without any further ado, let's bring in our next guest. He is from the Detroit Lions News Podcast, and uh, we got a fun team to talk about. Maybe I'm a little biased being a lifelong Detroit Lions fan, but uh, we're 10-6. and six. The magic number is one. Let's bring in Joe Chap from the 
Detroit Lions News Podcast. Joel, thanks for taking time out tonight. How are you? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I know last time you said it, I was like, oh, man, I can't go. But I'm, I was like, next time he messaged me, I have to let him know that I'm going to be on the moment. So. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. This is awesome. So here we go. Our magic number right now is at one. Yeah. And I got to tell you, it's, you know, I, I don't want to jinx anything, but boy, the day looked good against Denver. And uh, boy, you could just taste it now. Yeah, I think that was that was our largest margin of victory all year long. Yeah. Uh even even our eclipsing the Panthers game. And like I was saying, like on my podcast, uh the Trey Lines News podcast, I was saying, like, you know, Denver had everything to play for. Like they had a yeah. playoff spot to play for. And the fact that you went in you went into a primetime game and unloaded on them, that's a pretty good st- kind of sign for this team moving forward. Because, you know, I think over the last four or five games, I think the Lions have kind of struggled. We saw the Chicago game. We saw the Green Bay game, you know, and the other Chicago game at home. They've struggled at some points of the season, but here's the thing. I mean, we just seen Dallas, we just seen Philly just lose in Seattle. I mean, yeah. we see it all see San Francisco lose three straight. Yeah. So it's just it's just the NFL. And the fact of the matter is you want to be playing your best football right now. So the fact that the Lions went out there and they scored 45 points on a team that hasn't given up that many points since their beat down in Miami, pretty impressive. Oh, it was indeed. You know, we'll, we could talk a little about that game. I think the big thing to me, what stood out the most was we didn't see a third quarter meltdown, Joe. I mean, yeah. we've no, that's been Detroit's Achilles heel this year, the third quarter. We saw it against Chicago. Uh, Green Bay was just uh, the whole game, I think. But, you know, the third quarter has been our toughest. And what really I love the most about that, they went right down and scored after giving up that. Uh, opening touchdown in the second half. Third quarter has been just, I, I don't understand why they <laughs> came out so bad in the third quarter. Like I, I said on like a couple of podcasts or whatever I said, I, it's like they come out on Quaaludes or something. Right. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, come on, man. Like the fact of the matter is like they, you're right. They did respond in the third quarter when they gave up that touchdown. And look, that's what we wanted to see. I think that, a lot of us, especially that follow lines closely, we're like, mm-hmm. okay, man. Like the fact of the matter is this: like, you cannot go scoreless in a third quarter against good teams. Like they will beat you down. You know what I'm saying? So when I was when when I was watching that game, I was like, oh my god, they scored in the third quarter, and they're actually playing good in the third quarter. They're not melting down like they did in New Orleans or the right. Green Bay or Chicago. Like they're actually playing pretty damn good football, and that's one of the things I was really intrigued by. Oh, me too. You know they it, they. Played solid on the defensive line. Uh, Joe, one of the things that I liked about the game is they brought the heat. Yeah. I liked the amount of blitzes that they they used. Uh, they, to me, um, immobilized, uh, you know, uh, uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. And they got to continue to do that, especially against Minnesota. They got to rattle Nick Mullins big time. Yeah. And the fact that matters, Nick Mullins is not a mobile quarterback by all by all you know no. metrics or whatever. Like, I mean, I think he has like minus three rushing yards in his career, which is kind of astounding. But like, yeah, you can't you can get over you, you know mobilizing Russell Wilson was the key to the game, and I, I look forward to when they do that to Dak Prescott because that's a guy that can kill you with his feet too. And they have to keep like you said it's, it says that right there. You got to keep bringing the blitz. You got to keep doing it because. They're not a team that could just rush four. You no. Know? They're not a team that could rush four. Now, maybe when James Houston comes back, they can rush four potentially. 
maybe if Josh Pascal starts to starts to get thing going, maybe they can rush four. But you got to get pressure on these quarterbacks because they can't have this much time in the pocket. Like I think the Lions have the most time in the pocket given up, which is astounding. But when you talk about this team, like one of the major things I know you're 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 a huge fan. I mean, when you watch this team, you, how many times have we watched a quarterback just sit back there and just all day, all day, yes, mm-hmm. all the time in the world. Yeah, and you know it's funny is uh, one of the things, and I saw this today, a stat today. You know, Aiden Hutchinson, he doesn't have the stats that he had last year. You know, right. the the interceptions, whatever. But the quarterback hits, the quarterback hurries, and you know he is uh, he's right up there. You know, and uh, I, he is helping wreak havoc with that. Uh, you know, with the rush, but you know you're getting other people involved because they're double teaming them. And I think Detroit is starting to take advantage of that a little bit. Yeah, well, it's like I remember. I think it was D'Amico Ryan's with San Francisco. I think there was one point in time where they just had Nick Bosa on that on that uh, defensive end, and the guy on the defensive end that they had was hurt. So they started rushing. They, that's what that was the emergence of uh, Dre, Dre Greenlaw and like uh, Shahir, which is their linebacker, because they were starting to blitz even more, and that gave them a little more pass rush. And that that's what they needed. That's what they need to keep doing. I mean, the fact of the matter is this: they don't have a guy on the opposite. Of, that they people have to fear, right? And with the and with the Lee McNeil gone right now, who was one of their best defensive linemen, yeah, they need to do something to get some pass rush. And then when you do get a Lee McNeil back, if you continue to have this this blitzing pass rush, you're gonna some teams are gonna get totally bamboozled by mm-hmm. the way that you're playing. Uh, we're joined by Joe Chap. He is uh, host of the Detroit Lions News podcast. Uh, gracious enough to join us here as uh, our Lions are 10 and four. Still not used to saying that, Joe. 10 and four. <laughs> I'm not this either. Is awesome. I know. I'm not, I'm not either. It's, it's, it's refreshing because I think, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sick of, like, I know you've been around a lot longer than I have, <laughs> but, like, I, me watching football for all my life, like, I have friends that are Packer fans and I'm, they're like, oh, like, oh you God. guys suck. And then I have friends that are Bears fans. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, just, like yeah, no. So like the only thing I had not going for me is the Lions. So now the Lions are pretty damn good. I'm like, all right, yeah, worth. <laughs> I was exactly. here to do it. <laughs> so, all right, got some good news today or this week. Gardner Johnson's at practice. He's already picking fights in practice. He's arrogant. <laughs> he's cocky. He admits it. Boy, this is an edge that Detroit could use. Especially, we all know you've watched the Lions enough, Joe. That's our weakness or their weakness is the pat, you know, defending the pass. Um, yeah. I think we've done well, but he is going to be a welcome addition. Do you see him playing this Sunday? And if you do, I think it's going to be limited. What do you think? I don't see him playing this Sunday. Okay. I'd be, I'd be shocked uh, to be honest, but I could see him playing against Dallas. And if he plays oh. against Dallas, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what a way to pick, what, oh, what a way why? to pick, man. Because him and C.D. Lamb have gone at it, so yeah. the fact and he got C.D. Lamb off his game last time they played with That's Philadelphia. Right. So if he can go against Dallas, I man, that would be <laughs> that it'd be a great time for a primetime game. And it just ha- so happens it's a primetime game. Well, so I'm pretty know? sure I'm pretty sure these TV execs are like, please, <laughs> they're please salivating. Just, just please make it happen on on uh, December 30th. So yeah, Johnson Gardner Johnson come back is a huge thing for us Detroit team because. 
it's kind of a attitude that they need back. You know, I, I was talking mm-hmm. on my podcast, you know, you're, you're, I can see you're a Red Wings fan and, uh, yep. and everything. So like, I hearken this back to kind of like, he's kind of like the attitude that you need. Like, I think the 08 Red Wings don't win a Stanley Cup if they didn't get Darren McCarty back. Right. Like that He just, he just gave you that little bit of an edge. And Great I think point. that all those Detroit Red Wings teams, they had that edge to them that like just threw teams off. Right. Yeah. Even the Pistons, the bad boy Pistons, I mean, go, you know, going to work Pistons. They had that – there was an edgy player like Lambeer or Ben Wallace that was like, <laughs> yeah. not, not not today. Or Rasheed Wallace is more right. kind of comparable to uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. But, yeah, like that – this is a great thing to have come back. And then you could potentially get James Houston back and uh, Lee McNeil back. I mean, it's kind of like they're getting healthy at the right time. And <laughs> that's even better because we're not used to that. You know, every year I think we watch this Lions team and we're like, man, if we would have only stayed healthy and now you're getting healthy at the right time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's a total opposite. Oh, a hundred percent, you know, and uh, it, one of the things that I like about the Lions is they're not used to winning, you know, right. so and, and having that winning mentality, but they're not satisfied, you know, and, and I think they're handling it pretty good. I think maybe... The Green Bay game, they might have went into that one, maybe reading their press clippings a little right. bit. But then, you know, they bounce back against uh, New Orleans. But that Chicago game, I, you know, I, they just can't handle a running quarterback. For some reason, Justin Fields has their number. But I, I think like that Chicago, I think that Chicago team, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but no, I, think that Chicago, I, I think that Chicago team, like the fact of the matter is, like, since they got Montez Sweat, they're like one of the top defenses in the league. Yeah. So I think I think a lot of people look at Chicago and they go, oh, they're pretty bad. They're bad. But like I look at them and I go, they're a couple pieces away from being very much up towards the top near mm-hmm. the division. So I look at like in the future, I look at Bears and Lions and yeah. maybe Packers. Like that's what I look at because I think the young pieces that all those three teams have, they're very very good. You got DJ Moore for Chicago. You got uh, you got uh, yeah. you know, obviously Montez Sweat. You got. Jalen Johnson, who they they're gonna they're gonna have to resign, you know. Packers got Rashawn Gary, Jari Alexander. They got Jordan Love, who's playing pretty well, but not good enough. But I look at the Chicago game, I go, I just think that it was the wrong time to play Chicago. I really do. I think going to Chicago at that point in time, I think they were just kind of feeling themselves. Yeah. And then when you watch that game, I think everything that happened from the Detroit Lions perspective, it was probably their worst game of the season. Like let's be honest like they yeah. couldn't pass block jared goss torn it over the ball defenses can't hold uh i mean hutch is missing tackles like on, on justin t field so yes i look at that and I go man it's just not it's one of those games you know just one yeah. of those games you have here yeah and you brought up a good point earlier each team gets a little bit of a a lull that's the nfl in the last few years everybody goes through a little peak and valley and i think the lions have gone through that hopefully they've uh right at the ship there. Hey, I want to talk to you about the, uh, the draft. Now everybody questioned them trading and then taking Gibbs and, uh, you know, obviously getting Laporta and Brian branch and Campbell. Who's your MVP of the 2023 draft as of right now? On the lion side. Yes. Just the lion's draft. I'm going to go with Sam Laporta. Okay. I don't, I, you know, I want, I can't pick between Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta. I mean, I'm, I, but <laughs> if I have to pick one, I, I got to go with Sam Laporta because, you know, 
we've seen running backs come to the league and just dominate, right? We've seen uh, yeah. you know, Christian McCaffrey and, and guys like that dominate. We don't usually see tight ends do this. This is a, this is a unicorn type position. I mean, I think he I think he was one of the only receivers in NFL history to have seven hundred yards, seven uh, seventy receptions, and seven, seven touchdowns. Now he has nine. And yeah. I think the other the other player was Odell Beckham. So, you know, when you look at when you look at uh, Stan Laporta, he has a hundred eighteen percentage when he's targeted, rate a quarterback rating when he's targeted. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's no way that tight ends should be this good. And I I see a lot of Lions fans go. Oh, that Luke Musgrove in, in Green Bay, he's not that good. Or that Michael Mayer kid in uh, uh, Las Vegas isn't that good. And I go, guys, you got a unicorn. Like, this is not supposed to happen. This is literally not supposed to happen. <laughs> like, this guy's about to break Rob Gronkowski's record. He yeah. might break Mike Ditka's record. He's three away. Like, this is not this is not the norm for a tight end. This is not the norm. You know, I'm going to throw a name in there as – to me, deserves to be right up there with them, and that's Brian Branch. Oh, I, yeah. The guy's a stud. He's he can hit. He's quick. Uh, he's had a couple of mistakes, but you know, I'll take those mistakes are hustle mistakes, in my opinion. Yeah. But that guy was a first round quality talent yeah. that Brad Holmes got in the second round, and I just love. He brings that edge that you were talking about with Gardner Johnson, and uh, it, it's. He's not the reason if the Lions are giving up points, in my opinion. I mean, he's no. gotten burned once or twice, but everybody has this year. Yeah. And yeah. I love that pickup by Detroit in the second round. That was huge. Well, he leads the team in past breakups with six. Yeah. So he's been right up there with what, you know, me and you are saying. Like, to be a good – to be a, a MVP rookie, first of all, we got very, very lucky in this draft because a lot of people, I think they look too hard into the – combine numbers of brian branch you know mm-hmm. i don't think they really i don't think they really uh looked at the tape of him at alabama because if they would have watched the tape they would have said oh he's a first round talent no doubt right on but they they didn't and that, that this was the lions benefit you know the lions got a group they got three great players and i think that as you look forward to the future like they could be potential stars i mean brian branch yeah. is still growing sam yeah. laporta even though even though sam laporta's been as great as he has still growing jameer yeah. gibbs still growing yeah. These guys are just – they're so good at in their first rookie year, which is insane to me because safety is one of the hardest positions to play in the NFL. It just is. Mm-hmm. And tight end is one of the hardest positions to play on the offensive side besides quarterback. So if you're asking me, like, who are the MVPs, what you said, Brian Branch, and what I said, they're both culpable. Yeah, exactly. said we didn't even – if you would have said – if you would have said coming into this year that Sam Laporta would be one of the top tight ends in the NFL – People looked at you and said, "You're on, you're on the Kool Aid, right?" People <laughs> well, was, <laughs> yeah. If people had said Brian Branch would be one of the top, you know, players in past breakups, you'd been like, "Dude, shut up!" Like, <laughs> that's exactly. what was like, so all right, we've got the big game this weekend. Well, they're all big from here on out. Three games yeah. left. What is your confidence factor going into Minnesota on Christmas Eve? Uh. It's a middle. I'm in the middle about it. I think that okay. it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. I, I I can see that right now because Minnesota got everything to play for. I mean, their backs yeah. are against the wall. And the one thing I can say about Minnesota that Brian Flores, their defensive coordinator, has rebuilt that defense to where they are absolutely just kind of scary to play against. And I look at 
I look at uh, Brian Flores and the way that he's he's disguising blitzes. Like yeah. he's a heavy kind of guy. Scary because, but I think that the Lions have the offensive line to kind of match. But here's the thing: I think that if he blitzes a couple times and JMO and Jared Goff connect on a couple passes, I think you're talking about them getting some points off those blitzes because if they could just recognize the blitzes, I think that's going to be huge for them. Oh, without a doubt. And you know, it, it's. Again, it's one of those we're not used to the Lions being in this position where it's I just uh, the only that worries me is they have this opportunity. They had it. Oh, gosh, six years ago and they got to close. Now, I know this is a totally different team. There's nothing similar to that 2017 team that had their chance to clinch against Green Bay. But, you know, my confidence level, I'm at about 70 percent. Right. Only because of what I've seen against them, only putting three points up against Vegas, yeah. Um, to me, tells me that Detroit can, Detroit's defense, I think, can hold their own against them. And uh, I, I, I'm still trying to figure out what the hell Minnesota was doing in that game against Cincinnati. You know, especially trying to do the tush push when. You're pushing Mullins with a 195-pound uh, back. It's not going to work, and I just hope that they have a brain fart like that against the Lions. You know, well, get, lucky, lucky for you, Kevin O'Connell does have a lot of those brain farts. Like, yeah, he just, he just right? I mean, I've, I've watched a lot of the Vikings play this year, <laughs> and there's been times where you're like, like, what is he thinking? Like, there was right. a time, there was a time where they were they were passing the ball when they were up, and it ended up killing them. <sighs> Yeah. And then when I was watching that game, I don't know if you remember this, but the the Chargers, the Chargers uh, Vikings game, right? Yeah, it was like watching two court co- coaches try to lose the game. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's it's like, and I feel like coaching is at an all time low in this league right now. Like I just feel like it's at the all time low because you know we have coaches in this league that should not yeah. draw a paycheck, but they're drawing a paycheck. And then we have coaches in this league that are like old school kind of thinking, and they're like not you know they're they're or they're new school and they're trying to be very uber aggressive and it's like no uh, you know as uh kevin wilson said you know quarterback is definitely going to be an advantage for detroit yeah you know i i agree with that and i think the key and i think you mentioned it is how they handle the defensive scheme because i think minnesota is going to try to bring the house kind of like yeah. what green bay did and if yeah. detroit can contain that and on the other side of the ball, like we said earlier, Joe, Detroit has to bring the heat on Mullins. Yeah. I their running game doesn't scare me, but their no. passing game does a little bit. Whenever you got Jefferson and yeah. Hutchinson, or not Hutchinson, but uh um, Hawkinson. Yeah, Hawkinson, yeah. That's you know, they've got weapons, man. And I just that's the one thing that worries me. But I think it's it's gonna be fun down the stretch to watch them. And uh, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, with my last guest when I had uh, Papa Ron Eastman from the Buff Rumblings on, we're both rooting for Dallas this weekend against yeah. Miami. So I want them to win by 30. That way they'll feel a little satisfied because that's going to be a tough environment for Detroit going into Dallas with Jimmy Johnson going into the Ring of Honor, their last home game. But but it's fun to see Detroit on all these nationally televised games. But that's yeah. why I think it is so important for the Lions this weekend. 
yeah, I think it's important to, that they win this. I think that Dan Campbell rap, kind of thinks about that too because he's like, there's blood in the water, you know, yeah. type of thing. Uh, I know we're both. I know Dallas got a tough game this week with Miami. That's a very Good tough boy. game. Yeah, hard to and, call. Uh, and it's you know it's a, you know what the toughest thing about it is. Uh, it, it's it's Dallas last week looked like they they gave the playbook of how to beat them in totality. Like if yeah. you look if you look at what they did, what Buffalo did to Dallas, running the ball up the seam and then just playing play action. Like mm-hmm. if I'm a, if I'm Ben Johnson, if I'm Mike McDaniel with the Miami Dolphins, I'm following that playbook to a T. Yeah, because they they didn't even use Josh Allen like they could have. I mean, I took Josh Allen on the parlay to get 200 yards, and he didn't even get 200 yards. That's something. So, so if 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 Josh Allen doesn't give 200 yards and he's still winning a blowout, well, 94 this, yards he had. This is <laughs> <laughs> there's no one that would have said he would have had 94 yards. We were talking about that, you know. It never. I, I'm trying to think of the last time in my lifetime a quarterback threw for 94 yards and your team still scored 31 points. I, I you'd have to you'd have to stat cast that because I I don't even think that's you see you see these you see these games where it's like th- like six nothing or whatever okay that's fine but yeah. like these games that are thirty like they won thirty one to like what seven thirty one ten they gave up a garbage 30, time touchdown to make it thirty one ten yep so like it's like it's like you never really expect the quarterback to throw under a hundred yards and still no. win in convincing fashion like that hundred percent. So, yeah, I I look at Dallas, man, and I I just I can't I don't I don't really think they're like a realistic like great team, you know. I think a lot of people hype them up like they're they're uh, Dallas and this offense that they have, but they beat up on a lot of bad teams. Number one, hundred percent. And when they play good teams that could run the ball, it's been a bad time for them. And I'm interested to see what they do against Miami this week because if Miami runs on them, they got Detroit coming in. Right on. And right Detroit, on. And Detroit has uh. This is one of the stats I pulled up. I have it ready for your show. But yards after contact, Dave Montgomery is at 3.10. That's sixth in the league. Mm-hmm. Jameer Gibbs is 3.22, which is fifth in the league. Wow. They're the only team in the NFL to have two players in the top six. Only team. Wow. Mm-hmm. So these teams that are coming, you know, like Minnesota, Dallas, they're going to get a glimpse of, like, how hard it is to really handle them. Yeah. I think Jameer Gibbs last week showed that, like, they can run the ball at will. So it's going to be interesting to see because if they can run the ball on Dallas, I think they win that game. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a shootout, number one. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah. I'm taking the over on that game without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. You have to take the over on that game. I mean, yeah. that's, I, yeah. think it's, I think it's going to be like that Seattle game, to be honest. Well, I, I asked uh, Papa Ron this. I'll ask you. Here's my Captain Lou top five for the week in the NFL San Francisco one, Baltimore two. I got Philly at three, Detroit four, and Kansas City at five. It was a toss-up between them and Buffalo. Um, You know, Philadelphia, I know they're kind of scuffling right now, but in the end, I think they're going to be 13 and four. I don't see them losing another game because their schedule gets very weak. Um, It's going to be a monster matchup on Christmas night with Baltimore at San Francisco. So you wait. get to open your Christmas presents, have Christmas dinner, and you can, you know, plop yourself on the couch and turn this game on. And uh, this could be, you know, th- we're all going to be Baltimore Raven fans on Christmas night. Yep. But this 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 going to be a huge game there. Yeah, this game coming up with Baltimore and San, and San Francisco, like it's one of those games that you kind of want to, 
you want to schedule around, right? right? You're like, don't talk to me. I want to watch this freaking game. <laughs> like this game is going to be great because I'm interested to see what Lamar Jackson does yeah. against San Francisco's defense. And number two, I'm interested to see what Brock Purdy does against Baltimore's defense because yeah. I think both these quarterbacks at some there's some point in time they have struggled with these good defenses and obviously yeah. every every quarterback does but these quarterbacks are different they need uh both quarterbacks need a run game and both quarterbacks need a guy that can catch you know that can make great catches and out there in uh in the middle of the field and i think i look at brock purdy and i look at lamar jackson i go okay best quarterback's gonna win this matchup and that's <laughs> that's what i it's, it's like it's so crazy because like brock purdy's being mentioned in mvp conversations who would have thought that Right, and then who? Does, and then Lamar Jackson is playing out of his mind this year. Like, yeah, I don't know if you watch that Jacksonville game, but that throw he made falling on his back while he made it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, there's only like three quarterbacks in the league that can make that throw. Yeah, yeah. And that's Lamar, Josh Allen, and freaking Patrick Mahomes. Which yeah. Mahomes, Mahomes is a cheat code. So, wow. Uh, Lamar Jackson to me should be in the conversation for MVP. There's no doubt. And I, I waffle back and forth on Brock Purdy because I, I. I would give my vote to Christian McCaffrey, but uh, you know, that's either one you can't go wrong with before we go. This guy has been a thorn in our side for years as a lions fan. Now to me, he gets his just desserts. Aaron Rodgers was activated (laughs) off the IR today. He's not going to play, but what a clown show in New York. They're made for each other. I mean, really? Why? Why? why i mean okay i think they've been eliminated from the playoffs if not they're not going to make it no they're, they're, they're oh eliminated from the playoffs this week. yeah always got to get their his nose in the news uh the jets the jets and aaron Rodgers are made for each other 100 let's just be honest like i mean you look at aaron Rodgers, and you look at the jets and you go like I always hear it from new york people like i i have some friends in new york yeah and they, and they always tell me that the two teams in New York that are like the little stepchilds are the Mets and the <laughs> yeah. Jets. 100%. And you're like, and you're like, okay, well, sometimes they do act like it. Like the Mets, like they would try to spend oh a God. bunch of money to make things happen. Crazy. And then you got the Jets. They're like, let's go get Aaron Rodgers. He t- ruptures an Achilles in like the fourth play of the game, right? And it's like everyone could have saw this happening. Like everyone could have saw this happening. The problem yeah. isn't the quarterback with the Jets; it's the offensive line. Yeah, and the fact that you put a 38-year-old <laughs> behind a bad offensive line <laughs> is one of the most Jets things that you can ever accomplish in your life. Yeah, yeah. And I read already they're talking about him wanting to get uh, Bakhtiari there next year. Oh my god! Okay, let's get another guy. You know that's on that one good leg, thirty-eight <laughs> right. years old. I mean, Reggie Cobb didn't teach anything. Now, you know, it worked with Tom Brady going out and getting his guys. And, okay, Matt Stafford, he got he got the Super Bowl happy for him. But Aaron Rodgers, I'm sorry. You're absolutely right, Joe. The, in their draft, they got to draft offensive line first couple rounds. The, I don't feel sorry for the guy. I really don't. No. But I, I think that it's going to be – this whole thing's going to cost Robert Sala his job. And, uh, you know, the, the GM, uh, I, I, the name escapes me right now, Joe Douglas. Yeah, Joe Douglas. And yeah. his job as well. So, yeah, it, it's it's a clown show there. But 
from here in lion land it's fun to watch i just look at the jets and, and I, like you know you just said it like it's gonna cost Salah's job it's gonna cost yeah. douglas his job and it's like if you were like the general manager of the jets like you have to like look at yourself you have to look at your team in perspective like one of the things that they really really needed was offensive line mm-hmm. they didn't need they did need a quarterback but they didn't need a quarterback before the offensive line because i don't care who your quarterback is i don't care who your quarterback is if you don't have an offensive line you're done like it's done and over with and there's only one quarterback that could do without an offensive line and he still struggled right he still pat mahomes in that year where they went to the super bowl and they got beat by tampa bay and tom brady offensive line was horrible remember that that game in the the yeah and even he can't do it so like you're if you don't have a good offensive line, you're done and over. And I think the I think the NFL is reverting back to the old days. Well, you know, yeah, you had to run the ball, good offensive line play because these quarterbacks coming out of the college right now, I don't know if you've noticed, they're not that good. No, I, I mean, mean you're right. Is good, but the he rest just of got them his out. bell rung. So you know, when the Jets, when I found out that Lakin Tomlinson was their starting guard, I thought to myself. <laughs> God, you know, I don't wish anything bad on anybody, but that was a big waste of a first-round draft pick by the Lions because he, right. you know, he couldn't guard any – he couldn't block anybody. In Martin, Martin Mayhew especially. And, uh, uh, I want to thank Mike Yanni for taking time out to watch us, along with Kevin Wilson and Casey Skyda and everybody else taking time out tonight. Uh, but um, they – they uh, here's the thing. I, yeah, it, it – in the long run, it always takes a, you build from the line out, and that's what Detroit has done. You know, they got, I think, next year in the draft, Detroit's got to work on again. I know they're hard to find, but defensive backs, maybe another pass rusher, but you know. But, anyways, we're almost up against it, Joe. Uh, I got to ask you, what's been your favorite moment from the Lions season this year? I think my favorite moment so far. And I know you just hit on the the cornerback and edge rusher in the draft this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great for the Lions because there's a lot of edge rushers and there's a lot of corners in the draft. So that's good. Yeah. But my favorite moment this year, hands down, well, there was one that I was at the Carolina game that was great. Okay. But I think the best moment was uh, Detroit at Tampa Bay because I thought when Dave Montgomery went down, they were already without Jameer Gibbs. Jared Goff making all those plays, yeah. throwing the ball around. That you know, it was pretty much school ball, and they still win that game. I think that's a defining victory of the season. Them winning at Kansas City is another one. I mean, I know people put the asterisks on it with the, whatever. With, yeah, with two carries, which because no one's putting the asterisk, asterisk on um, us missing, you know, Garner Johnson and Emmanuel Mosley. So I don't exactly. Do so winning, but winning in Kansas City with the Super Bowl. Banner getting you know flown for the first time, that's a huge that's a huge win. Like I don't care who you are, like when you can upset a team on their banner night, that's a big victory. So yep. I look at those two as like big wins. And then Saturday's game was obviously one of my yeah. that was one of my favorites because I never felt like that game was in doubt. <laughs> like right. I didn't I didn't really have to worry. And usually these games I have to worry. Like I'm like the Kansas City game I had to worry the whole time because I know who Mahomes is. But the Denver game was like, I think that was kind of their coming out party. And I think it was Jamison Williams coming out party too. Yeah. So my biggest, my favorite moment so far was beating Green Bay again at Lambeau and yeah, dominating on the first half. That was absolutely, absolutely the most satisfying win for me. But 
Joe, tell us where we can catch you on your podcast. Yeah, you can find me on uh, YouTube at Between the Whistles Detroit. Uh, Detroit Lions News Podcast on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And then uh, I'm on Facebook at Joe Chap. And I'm going to send you a friend request, Lou. So, All right. Right yeah, on. So, but uh, it, it's, it's going to be great to talk football, you know, with all, this, all the Lions fans. And it was great being on your show. So thank you yeah. for inviting me. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, so this, is, this has been a lot funner than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. All right. Good deal. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe, hey, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Enjoy the game Saturday and the rest of the year. And uh, Lions make it into playoffs. Maybe we'll try to get you on again and do a little preview of their uh, matchup. So thanks for coming on tonight. This has been a treat. I really enjoyed it. A lot of fun. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having me. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, too. All right. And, um, we'll see each other in the playoffs because I'm pretty sure right they're going to be there. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right. Thanks, Joe. We'll talk All to you right. soon. Joe Chap from us uh, from the Detroit Lions News podcast, taking time out of his busy schedule to join us here tonight here on the Captain Lou Extravaganza live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network. Wow, uh, this hour's flown by. Sunday afternoon, one o'clock. It is the Lions and the Vikings. What's at stake? We talked about it earlier in the show, and uh, the Lions indeed are. Uh, the magic number for the Detroit Lions is at one. So all that means a combination of one Lions win or a Minnesota Vikings loss, and Detroit gets their first division championship in 30 years. A lot of the people that are watching, they weren't around then, and for a lot of the older folks like me, we've suffered long and hard. So we're keeping our fingers crossed, not trying to jinx anybody but the magic number is down to one. So yeah, it's been a great, great, uh, it was a great game last weekend again with the Lions and the Broncos, 42 to 17. You know, again, the thing that stood out to me about the game and Joe and I talked about it was uh, the way that the Lions did not melt down in the third quarter. You know, we've seen it time and time again where the Lions, uh, I don't know what it is about the third quarter. And then when uh, Denver went down and scored to make it 21 to seven, Detroit got the ball back and went right down the field. And that, that right there was the clincher. I think that, and I'm still trying to figure out what the hell happened. You talk about the Vikings game against uh, Cincinnati. What about, you know, the line, what about Denver at the goal line there? I know they were down three scores, but okay. You get third down and goal. Now that, one of those may have been a touchdown, but then they called them offsides. And I'm thinking to myself, all right. Then they sent the field goal kicker out. And I'm thinking, all right, you know, I was pretty good at math in high school, pretty good at it, and yeah, maybe a little bit in college. 21 to 7 or 28 to 7, then 28 to 10. That's still three scores. And I was just like, yeah, bring that field goal kicker out there. Oh, me and my two brothers-in-law were watching the second half up north, and Steve and Chuck and I were sitting there thinking, all right, yeah, we'll take it, three scores. And then you've got Sean Payton, Mr. Tup guy, just bitching out uh, Russell Wilson on the sideline. That was great. And you talk about two egomaniacs there loving every minute of it, you know. So, yeah, that made for a, a great game for the Lions. And they end up winning 42 to 17. Real quick, this weekend's games, the big one we talked about it. Baltimore and San Francisco on Christmas night, 8-15. That's going to be on ABC. That is going to be a monster, monster matchup there. Um, 
really, I'm just trying to I'm scrolling through this, you know, to see some of the big, a, a sneaky good game on Sunday is going to be Cleveland at Houston at one o'clock. But really, other than that, uh, you know, Detroit and Minnesota is big for us locally, of course. Uh, Dallas and Miami at 425. That's the other one. We talked about it earlier. Spent some time on it with uh, Papa Ron Eastman from uh, the, the Bills Mafia podcast. Um, yeah, that's uh, those are the big games this weekend of consequence. Tomorrow night's game, though, Thursday night, Buffalo, or Saturday, I beg your pardon, Buffalo at Los Angeles. And then Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, those are going to be all right, too. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that as well. Wow. Christmas is right around the corner. I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. It's been a great year. We'll be on next week to uh, do a little preview of the college football playoff games, Michigan and Alabama, Washington. Of course, uh, they're doing battle with Texas. Those are going to be two dynamic games, dynamite games. We'll do a New Year's Six preview it's going to be a fun weekend for college football and the pros next weekend. It's going to be a huge show to wrap up 2023. Well, hey, we're going to that's going to about do it here for for tonight. Want to thank everybody that's taken time out to be with us here tonight. We want to thank our special guest. We had Joe Chap from the Detroit Lions News podcast taking time out to be with us, getting us fired up for the Lions and the Vikings as if we needed to be fired up anymore. And also, we want to thank Ronnie Eastman from the Buff Rumblings podcast, the Mafia cast. Buffalo sitting pretty good. They've got their work cut out for them at 8-6. and six. You know, If they were in the NFC, they wouldn't have to worry about it. But right now, it's hard to believe that. They, I think they're well, – let's take a quick look at that, uh, at the standings. They are right now sitting at number nine. But if they take care of business going into that Week 18 game against Miami, I think they'll be okay to get in the playoffs. I think – they can make it to 10 and seven. They might sneak in as a dangerous seven seed, but they got a big game against the Chargers coming up tomorrow night or um, Saturday already. So again, we want to thank Papa Ron for joining us. And once again, we want to thank all of you for taking time out tonight to be with us in the comments as always here on the Captain Lou Extravaganza. All right. We want to thank you again for joining us. That's going to do it. Merry Christmas, everybody. This reminder, keep your heads up, keep your sticks down. Keep your feet moving, and as always, keep your minds open. Have a safe holiday, everybody. If you're with family and friends, you know, God bless everybody. Have a great show again, or have a great show. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football this weekend. There's going to be a lot of good games. And again, Merry Christmas. All right, until next time, Captain Lou saying so long. Thanks for joining us on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube, powered up by Belly Up Sports, for this edition of the Captain Lou Extravaganza. So long.